You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Dancing queen, that is me. Welcome in on this Sunday morning here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, Riding with Tom as our producer. Good morning. We're with you for the next three and a half hours. Little extended show with you until 1230 this morning or this afternoon, this morning, throughout the morning, into the afternoon. Um, Tom, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Oh, good morning, Anita. I'm doing splendid on this Sunday morning. What's new with you? How are you doing? I'm I'm great. I'm great. It's just it's it's different, right? It's a different vibe. Normally, usually on Sundays, uh, we're up bright and early, five five thirty a.m., getting ready for our New York game day show, um, talking all things NFL. And of course, now the NFL season is over, but still a lot to talk about in regard to free agency and uh, the combine is this week. It's one of my favorite weeks of the year. I haven't been to the last time I was the combine was 2020 was uh, was, you know, right before the world shut down. Uh, It was kind of bizarre, you know, being there and, you know, because it typically happens like the end of February and was it March 12th, March 15th, something like that. Right. That's when, um, you know, uh, our lives uh, ceased to exist as we knew it. Now, um, now what, what did you necessarily do at the Combine? Were you the, just there, like, scouting people, like, getting ready for, like, making your uh, mock board for, like, your drafts, um, like, any fantasy aspect, or are you just there to cover the event? So, great question. Uh, what I love about the Combine, and I love the fact that it's in Indianapolis, because Indianapolis is this, you know, uh, this in folks who maybe haven't been there yet, it's just, like, they've got this very small downtown. And because it gets cold there... Um, you've got like maybe three or four prominent hotels. Uh, the JW Marriott is the main hotel that everybody wants to stay at. Uh, and then the hotels are connected. I call them these little, do you ever have a gerbil when you were, or a hamster when you were younger? Unfortunately, I did not. So have, have you ever, you ever had a friend who had a gerbil or a hamster and they had like those little constructed homes where they had like all these like little tunnels I had, I had a cousin transparent who, tunnels that they were able to run through. I had a cousin who had a hamster, I think, and we let him loose in his house one night, and we lost him. It wasn't very good. We found oh, him that's horrible. eventually after like an hour of looking, but was he alive? Oh yeah, he was. Usually, fine. when people lose hamsters in their home, uh, they unfortunately they end up like deceased, like the next two or three oh, days. No, 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 they they were fine. It, it wasn't okay. that long. They were just, they were just in a living room. Eh, we were ten. We made a mistake. All right, all right. Well, that's good. Uh, it's good that the hamster survived. But anyway, I, I, I use that analogy because I feel like that's what downtown Indianapolis is, right? Like all these hotels and the convention center and everything is like connected with these little tunnels. So you don't have to go outside if you don't want to. Um, but, you know, it's where and it's very interesting because what's happened is the NFL now has moved up free agency. And, and, I, and I think a really, really smart way to do it because... You've got agents, general managers, head coaches, not all of them. Mike McCarthy with the Dallas Cowboys have said that he is not going to the combine. Um, owners, obviously all the all the uh, the collegiate players that are auditioning um, on national television to try to better their draft position. So, and they all congregate, they all like come to Indianapolis, whether it's the entire week, whether it's a few days. So as, as a journalist, you know, you're there and you're in the middle of, you know, a a hub of people 
um, who you could run into at any given point, at any given time, whether it's uh, at a bar, a restaurant, in line at Starbucks, or Dunkin' Donuts, whatever you so choose, um, and, um, and, you know, converse and, and get some information on or off the record. You know, a lot of times, you know, I know Adam Schefter's in the business of breaking news uh, along with Rappaport and all that. But, you know, that's too stressful for me. Like, I can't, you know, because you always want to be the first to report it. I always found like the information that I was able to get didn't necessarily, you know, I, I wasn't out to break it. I was just it helped form my opinion on things, which then in turn, maybe 80 percent of the time would come true therefore my i'd you know i'd get information from certain scouts or general managers or head coaches or agents i would formulate an opinion or throw out a prediction based on the information i would get and then when it would come true wow i I look like a genius right now again that doesn't always happen but more times than not it 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 did and uh, it was because of the information that I had attained. Uh, and, and there's so much to get at the combine because there's so many people there. And again, like I said, you know, the NFL moving up the time of free agency is perfect because again, you know, all these people that are wheeling and dealing and negotiating are all in Indianapolis at the same time. So it's just next week is going to be insane. It's going to be bananas because we're going to hear so we're going to hear so many things in regard to free agency. And we're going to dive into some some NFL talk today. Again, we're with you for three and a half hours. So so certainly we will. Uh, We'll talk about what's going on with the Jets. We'll talk about what's going on with the Giants. Uh, Both, I think, big topics. Right, Tom, in regard to their quarterback position. But, you know, obviously uh, in two different areas. Uh, for the Giants, it's their starting quarterback. For the Jets, it's their backup quarterback. So we'll dive into all that. Um, also, I've been saying this for months now. Let me some Drake May. The Combine, again, starts this week. Right now, for all you wagering folks out there, you can get Drake May to go as the first quarterback taken off the board at 5-1 to one right now. I truly believe Drake May is the best quarterback in this league. If I was a general manager... I would be doing everything and anything I could to move up to get Drake May. Now, what do you exactly see in Drake May? Because for me, for whatever reason, I'm hesitant about Drake May. I feel like maybe he's the number three quarterback in this upcoming class. Really? Okay. Uh, so, uh, so comparison, right? Because that's the easiest, right? Comparison, Justin Herbert. And, and, and I know folks are saying, well, what has Justin Herbert done in San Diego or, you know, L.A.? Um, and no, he hasn't done much, but I think that's going to change with Harbaugh there for sure. Justin Herbert is too good of a quarterback uh, for the Chargers to be as bad as they have uh, for the tenure that he has been there. So I think, I think, I think that's going to change. Um, I think Justin Herbert needs to be and should is in in regard to his talent his skill set should be in the discussion of the of the Joe Burrows right like should be in the discussion whenever we talk about all oh, who's going to win the MVP this year is it Lamar Jackson is it Joe Burrow is it Josh Allen like Justin Herbert should be in that conversation he's not because the Chargers have been so bad but 
not because of him. Um, a lot of it was because of coaching. Um, a lot of it was because of injury, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But nonetheless, I, I've digressed. The analogy that I would I would most resemble uh, Drake May is is Justin Herbert, if not better, anticipating to be better. Just uh, football IQ, how quickly he can read defenses, and and the one thing that when you hear scouts talk about quarterbacks and the in and what what translates from the jump from college to the pros is throwing wide receivers open. And I think this is this is this is a big problem. This is why Zach Wilson I think will never be a starting a good starting quarterback in the NFL. Uh and that is in the NFL you cannot wait for your wide receiver to be open to throw the ball. You can you, you that that is a recipe for disaster. You have to anticipate a spot and throw your wide receiver open. And as simplistic as that sounds, Zach Wilson is not, was not able to do that. And I, and, and I, you know, Michael Lombardi, who's a former executive in the NFL. Now he's, he's, he does media. Um, he has this one phrase and he calls it the crib factor, C R I B the crib factor. It's something you're, you're born with. It's innate. It's not something that could be taught. Maybe some people, maybe some quarterbacks you can, um, but you know, it's, it's a skill set, and not all quarterbacks have it. And those that thrive and do well in the NFL, that's one of the, the strongest skill sets they have. And, and Drake May is one of the best at it. Also, he's deceivingly athletic. If you go back, go back, go back to UNC and and look at his rushing yards. So he's deceivingly athletic where he can utilize his legs. We talk about Caleb Williams and, you know, how he's that, uh, you know, two-way player. You know, he can he can bring it on the ground as well as the air. Well, Drake May can as well. Um, so that's somewhat deceiving. Um, you know, the, the football lineage from his grandfather to his, his father. Another thing, he did more with less at UNC than Caleb Williams did at USC. I mean, look at the star power that Caleb Williams has been utilizing at USC compared to uh, what Drake May has been performing with at, at UNC. Nowhere close to the offensive line that Caleb Williams had at USC. Nowhere close to the talent that... that, that uh, here, here's... If you took Caleb Williams and you put, I'm going to, I'm borderline using guarantee. Okay, Tom. If you were to take Caleb Williams and put him in you and put him at UNC and you take Drake May and you put him at USC, I guarantee you right now, we'd be talking about Drake May being the number one and he'd be favored as the number one quarterback to be taken. Oh, of course. It's all about location, location. And of course, the various things that you added onto that with USC and UNC's play styles and who they had on their roster and whatnot of course that makes total sense right so so there's the the attributes the things that um that that translate that make a quarterback great in college and continue to be great in the pros drake may has all of it height arm strength um football iq throwing wide receivers open athleticism 
able to scramble like like if I would if I would tell and and let's let's <laughs> we're all over the place. I know I really wanted to start with the court storming. I wanted to talk about the Knicks, but since we're here, let's just let's roll with it. 800-919-3776. If I was to say to you, Tom, as a Giants fan, right? That would you give up as a Giants fan? Don't answer. Answer when we come back. And hopefully we'll get some calls on this as well. If I was to say to you, would you give up two first-round draft picks and two second-round draft picks to move up from 6-1 to one to get Drake May if I told you you potentially could have a quarterback with a combination of Josh Allen and Justin Herbert under center for the next 7 to 10 years as a Giants fan? Would you do it? 800-919-3776. Just out of curiosity, Giants fans. And, and, and this, is, this, is the, this is the ceiling now. This is the ceiling. Drake May, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen combined. Okay? Would you give up two, maybe three, first-round draft picks, two second-round draft picks, knowing that that's the caliber of quarterback you would have under center for the next seven to 10 years. And you know how this organization works, right? Like look at Eli Manning, right? They've, they've got their quarterback. They've got their face of their organization. You know the way that the Mara and the Tishes operate. That quarterback, they're going to want that quarterback to end his career here. So maybe it's even more than 10 years. 800-919-3776. This is how we're starting off the show, but we're going to get to a lot. The court storming. That's a hot topic. We're going to dive into that today as well, going up with, with Duke and, of course, uh, Wake Forest. I think I've got an interesting take here. I've watched that tape and that replay quite a few times. Um, also, obviously, we're going to talk about the Knicks. Unfortunately, they lose to Boston last night. No surprise. If you listened to me yesterday, this is the Knicks team. They don't have a full arsenal, uh, but they held strong through the half, 62-58. to 58. Was that enough to have you feel somewhat good about the remainder of the season and potentially what this Knicks team could do in the postseason. We'll dive into that. Um, again, we're talking NFL, uh, the Yankees, are they still in play for Blake Snell? Well, one ESPN employee believes they are. So we're going to dive into all of it. We got Dallin Cuff, who's going to be joining us in the 10 o'clock hour uh, to talk about college hoops and the court storming. Also good friend of mine, Alex Monaco uh, from MSG is going to join us uh, in the 11 o'clock hour to talk some Knicks. And we'll continue with your calls. Anita Marks with you and Tom, of course, our producer, till 12.30 this afternoon, right here on 98.7 ESPN. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, 
visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. I like Daniel Jones. I mean, everybody likes the unknown better than what we know because they feel, oh, we know Daniel Jones isn't that good. Daniel Jones two years ago was pretty doggone good. So, again, he's still a young quarterback, and he had no help last year, and things went awry, and they got hurt. So everybody everybody likes the, the option that we don't know anything about better than the, the player we have. They all think this option we don't know a lot about is going to be great, and with time and time out, time and time out, it turns out to be some of those quarterbacks. A lot of these guys were never, nothing special once I got into the NFL. I just believe that Daniel Jones is the right man for the job, and i got to get either Malik Neighbors or a Romo Dunze to help out at wide receiver, and that would be the best option at six. That is Mel Kuyper saying the Giants should stick with Daniel Jones. Here's the thing. What was that on? I'm sorry, Tom. ESPN Radio, that was from. ESPN Radio. Thank you, my friend. Um, here's the thing. You, you, the, the $160 million uh, deal uh, that the Giants uh, did agree to with Daniel Jones, listen, they're, they're on the hook for him this season. Okay, and and there's no like trading him or you know he's he's coming off of an ACL. Uh, I want to say Jordan Renan is is sounds pretty confident that he's going to be ready to start the season. Um, you know, only time will tell. But you know, I'm talking about the future. You know, and and if you know anything about me, you know that I'm a huge Daniel Jones fan. But the injury thing is it's 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 a real thing. You know, a lot of it is genetic. A lot of it is um, sacrifice and commitment to eat well, sleep, get therapy, do all the things to try to do as much as you can to prevent injury. A lot of it is being smart on the football field, knowing when to go down, when to go out. And then, of course, a lot of it is luck. Okay? Um, There's excuse me, a lot of factors that goes into a player staying healthy in the NFL. So, but, you know, I've got, that's really where my major concern is with Daniel Jones, okay? Also, I I don't believe that the Giants will ever, not ever, but I don't believe that the Giants are going to be in in a position where they are right now, where they can attack and get after a quarterback in the draft where they are right now, sitting at six. I don't anticipate the Giants to be at six next year or the next few years. Like, this is, this is a prime opportunity for them to go after a quarterback for the future. So I'm not saying, like, this is a team that's going to, like, draft, let's say, a quarterback. I'd love for it to be Drake May, and then he's going to start this season. I, I, I don't believe that he'll start. Probably whatever the backup quarterback will be to Daniel Jones will start, whether that's Tyrod Taylor, um, DeVito, what, whatever the case may be, until Daniel Jones is ready. And then I think Daniel Jones is going to be the starting quarterback this year for the majority of the games, barring that he can stay healthy. 
What I'm talking about is drafting a quarterback for the future of this franchise. And to me, if I was Joe Shane, I'd, I'd be doing everything and anything possible to go get me some Drake May. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Rich in Weehawken. Rich, how you doing? Happy New Year. I haven't hey. seen you in a minute. How are you? Anita, how are you? It's been a bit. I'm great. I'm great. Great to hear your voice, Rich. Thank you so much. Yeah, so I want to let you know I'm driving and uh, want to pick up on the conversation. I agree on a Drake May uh, 100%, but I have a little twist for you. want to know what you think. I think a great landing spot for Drake May, because I believe he is the most talented uh, quarterback in, in college coming out. How about the Jets? Um, for the Jets drafting Drake May? Yeah, yeah. Here, How about the, here's, the Jets? He could learn. Here's, he here's, learn what, here's, what, here's what the difference. Here's what the difference is, Rich. The Jets, with all that they have invested and Aaron Rodgers are in yeah. win now mode. They're in win, and, and not to say that the Giants aren't trying to win, but you know, realistically, with Aaron Rodgers and in, in the way that this Jets franchise has has set itself up, all they gave up for Aaron Rodgers and their cap space and like you know, they they need to spend whatever dollars they have in free agency and they need to spend whatever draft capital they have in improving this roster right now with Aaron Rodgers as your starting quarterback. Yeah, I yeah, I guess I guess you're right. Uh I don't think Aaron would be too happy if they uh used that that draft on a uh quarterback. It just would be a perfect spot learning uh behind him for a year or two. Um but uh, thinking that there's another $30 million in cap, if there was some way to do it. But I think you're right that the Jets are all in right now and they need to use their, their cap and their, their draft picks to try and win now, right now. So, yeah, exactly. I, guess, uh, I guess you flipped me and I, I kind of uh, I definitely agree with that. <laughs> um, Rich, <laughs> I love again, it. again always, always great to hear your voice, my friend. Thank you. Uh, Rich owns a fantastic restaurant, uh, Blue here on the Hudson uh, in Weehawken. And uh, if you haven't been there yet, you, you definitely need to try it out. It's fantastic. Some of the best sushi in the area. Great ambiance overlooking the city. It's just gorgeous. Uh, let's go to Efron in New Jersey. Welcome in. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Uh, thank you for allowing me to uh, speak on this. I wanted to just chime in on this uh, storming situation. I think one of the best ways to handle a situation like this is a minute before the game ends, they should make an announcement and let the rest, let the coaches know that there's an announcement be coming up soon. That that way, everyone is warned about not course storming. That way, everyone is aware of what is. Uh, uh, that way, everyone's aware of what's going to be ha- happening, and everyone knows what what to do, and uh, and take it that way. That way, everybody knows. And uh, and maybe it may prevent a lot of situations for the future. What do you think? Wow. Uh, there's, 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 uh, thank you for your phone call. There's a lot to unpack there. When we get back, um, we'll, we'll, we'll turn our attention to the court storming. If you're just tuning in, uh, maybe you weren't paying attention to sports last night. Duke 
Duke lost to Wake yesterday, 83-79. to Now, I'm just prefacing. I'm not making excuses. Uh, this was a monumental win for Wake Forest because uh, they were on the bubble of whether or not they were going to be invited to the NCAA tournament and be able to participate, truly participate in March Madness. Okay? They needed this win. Uh, and so they beat Duke 83-79. to 79. Mon- This is the most important win of the season. Then what happened? Uh, their student body stormed the court. And Filipowski, a uh, player for Duke, a starter, got injured. Okay? When we get back, uh, we'll talk about court storming. We saw this earlier in the season with, uh, with Caitlin Clark, right? Um when Iowa lost, I, I forgot who they lost to, South Carolina, I think, and, um, and, and they stormed the court, and Caitlin got injured. Not significantly, she didn't miss a game, and, and I don't know what the, re- like, right now, I don't know what the reports are. Apparently, it's a knee injury uh, to Filipowski, so I, I'm sure we'll hear more of that news coming out today and, of course, in the next few days, but nonetheless, uh, we'll dive into this. Court storming, how to eliminate it. In college basketball, we also have Dallin Cook, uh, Dallin Cuff, who's going to be joining us at 1030 this morning to dive into this as well. Uh, We'll do that next. Nina Marks with you on this Sunday morning here on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7. ESPN. I felt a bunch of hits on my body. I, you know, I just, this one was the worst of them. It's just really ridiculous of, of how that situation is handled. Did you feel like any of it was, was on purpose or was it incidental? I mean, if, punch, did you feel I've like already it? heard that there's some videos of getting punched in the back. And so I absolutely feel like it was personal, intentional for sure. You know, like I said, was, there's, there's no reason where they see a big guy like me trying to work my way up the court and they, they can't just work around me. You know, there's no excuse for that. That is Filipowski, a Duke player, talking about uh, what happened again last night. Wake beating Duke 83-79. to Wake needing that win to solidify their invite to the big dance and, and participating in March Madness. Uh, the court storming followed and Filipowski got injured. Now, Actually, before we do this, we, we've got Jose in Brooklyn who's holding on. Uh, let, let's let's take Jose because he still wants to talk about the Giants uh, and whatnot. Uh, so I don't want him holding on for too long. So let, let's let's get Jose on, and then we'll switch our attention to what's going on with the court storming. Jose, welcome in. Good morning. Oh, thank you so much, Anita. Good morning. Shout out to the company. And I just wanted to definitely chime in because usually I, I, I usually call in to troll, you know, giant fans and everything. But more it's like to me when it comes to, you know, the whole situation of what they said they do in the draft, 
Like, I, I don't dispute the talent of Drake May because I def- like that first year was definitely that surprise year where he started and he um, rose, um, rose UNC to, to that um, ACC title game. But my, my overall concern is, you know, the, the overall sample size is 26 games. That kind of, like, reminds me of, like, Mark Sanchez type of, you know, like, you know, uh, from a late, from a game late standpoint. And also when, like, since Drake May is going to be the upper echelon quarterbacks where he might be drafted in the top two, my concern is, is when you're trading up from six to two or one, that's giving up a lot of assets and it kind of, and usually when you trade up to get to, to get those picks, you're usually throw you're usually throwing the person right out there. And I know that they have Daniel Jones on the hook and they could use him as the proverbial sacrificial lamb, you know, for those first, you know, for like at least half the season, uh, you know, if he stays upright and possibly the whole season and still give Drake May that time to, you know, learn under a clipboard and develop and everything else. It's just more of, how many assets are we get? How many assets are the Giants giving up to get to that spot? And will that severely hamper them in actually building a team around for for, for the success of Drake May in the future? And Listen, that's, that's kind of my, but my but concern. here's yeah, and, and and it's a great concern, Jose. Uh, and thanks for the phone call. And and you know that's this is this is why general managers get paid the big bucks because this is this is what they lose sleep over. Um, you know, a, a few draft experts are saying that it's going to take the Giants three first-round draft picks uh, and uh, maybe two, a a second and a third round to move up with Chicago to get the number one pick overall. But if if the Giants get, and, and, and I don't, you know, somebody made a great point on the show yesterday, like, do you see the Giants trading with Washington? No, Washington's not going to trade with the Giants. Um. But you never know. Crazier things have happened, right? Crazier things have happened. Uh, if if the Giants get wind that uh, the Chicago Bears are all in on Caleb Williams and maybe the two spot is the spot for Drake May. I personally uh, would not want to risk losing him. So I would go all in. Just my two cents. Uh, but uh, back to the court storming. Uh, by the way, we've got Seth Greenberg who's going to be joining us as well as Dallin Cuff in our next hour. Um, also Alex Monaco and Moke Hamilton are going to be joining us in the 11 and noon hour to talk Knicks. Okay. Just to kind of give you an idea of who's coming up on the show. All right. So again, wake beats Duke 83 to 79. Oh, great. Now, you know, the fan base, wow, we won now, you know, we legit are going to get invited into, uh, March madness. We're going to, we're going to be able to participate in that boom. And now you get the court storming. Now, let me preface by saying, Totally against court storming, right? The NCAA, they need to do something to stop court storming because uh, it is uber dangerous. And again, we saw it with Caitlin Clark, which, by the way, not this much hoopla, right, Tom? When Caitlin Clark went down and got injured and had to be carried off the court, not this much hoopla. Oh, but Filipowski, a Duke player. Oh, court storming. Bad, bad. Now, was it mentioned when Caitlin Clark, when it happened to her? Yes. But to this extent, no, it did not. I'm just, I'm just making that point. Uh, yeah, I do, I do remember it being covered, at least for the day that it happened. I do not re- like this. I, not like maybe, this. Maybe, you've not, got shows, maybe not to the Tom, extent. Tom, you've got shows that are leading this. SportsCenter led with this this morning. You think SportsCenter led with Caitlin Clark getting pummeled on a court storm? 
Probably not. Um, exactly. Now, just exactly. just speaking why that could be the case, I believe football was going on at the time, so maybe that's why they chose to lead with it, and now it's a slower sports cycle. So mm. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just playing devil's advocate there. But Yes, you are. But, uh, yeah. But you're right. So it 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 hasn't been covered as much. I will. I will I, listen. That's there. that's a that's a whole different conversation for a whole different day. I just wanted to point that out. Now, if you go back and I and I I did. I watched this tape and I went back and I watched. I watched it several several times. Okay. Now, it looked like the Wake Forest player or the Wake Forest fan was taunting Filipowski. If if you go in slow mo. The fan looks and turns and looks at him and says something. So I'm sure whatever he communicated to Filipowski wasn't nice. And the angle from above, you can see Filipowski was the one who first initiated the contact by extending his foot in trying to trip the fan. Now, again... I'm not, I, I, I feel like I need to preface because I'm sure like people are going to come out of the woodwork, call in, send me tweets, Anita, you're ridiculous. I, I'm not, what happened yesterday needs to be eliminated. But if you go back and you look at the tape, it looks like the fans said something to Filipowski that upset him. And he tried to trip the fan. In fact, it, if you go back and you look, the fan actually jumps up to try to avoid the trip. Now, would Filipowski have been pummeled? Absolutely. I, there was no escaping it. He even said he was hit in the back. But would he have injured his knee if he would not have tried to trip the Wake Forest fan? I don't think so. I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. I'm just throwing that out there. Now, how do you stop this? So the SEC has fines in place. So the first time an SEC fan base storms the court, $100,000 fine. The second time, $250,000. The third time, $500,000 fine. Half a million dollar fine for the SEC school. ACC has none. No fines in place. Right now, you know, what, what could colleges do ban students from attending games, but how are you going to control what, how are you going to control that? Did you see, I mean, Tom, you saw, you saw, you saw some of the video, like, how are you going to pinpoint those students? It was insane. What are you going to spend hours? Are you going to bring in the FBI face? Um, identification. Well, like, like, how are you going to be able, like, how are you going to be able to institute that? Number one. But is it just sheer fear that students will never be able to attend another game of their college sport, whether it's basketball, football, whatever the case may be? Is it just instituting that fear in your students so they don't storm the court? You know, Increased security, yeah, but I mean, it was insane. See, here's the thing: I don't think a college kid with fear is necessarily going to be swayed away. They'll still do something stupid. Somebody will still find a way to get onto the court, and then once somebody gets on there, then everybody will start piling on. It's been the tradition in college sports for so long, whether it be in the football scene or 
specifically here in the basketball scene. So it, it's tough to punish it because you can't go around theoretically and find every kid or punish every kid that was on the court. It'd be too much work that people ultimately probably don't want to do. Now, of course, in the case, we have technology that probably could help in that in this way. But I just think, Anita, an at, there has to be added security especially when you're playing a top 25 opponent, knowing that, especially if you're a smaller school or it's a rivalry game, yeah, the fans will storm the court. They will get in the face of a Duke opponent if it's Wake Forest. Or it could be the opposite around. Maybe it's a UNC-Duke game. Maybe UNC isn't ranked. UNC fans are going to be just as ravenous, if not worse, than Wake Forest fans because they have a heated rivalry. So it, I, to me, it just goes back to a lack of security, and that's ultimately how it how it happened you know maybe it's a combination of finding finding the schools not just the sec but finding the schools um threatening the students that they'll be banned from games for the rest of their lives if they do this increased security and here's another one how about putting the student sections high up not courtside You know, a lot more difficult to storm the court when you're in the nosebleed seats. But, you know, could this, you know, can this be stopped? To to the extent that we saw yesterday, I think it can be. To the extent, I don't know if you can eliminate, eliminate it totally, but to the extent that we saw last night or, or yesterday, I, I, I think it can be. And, and things need to be, put in place. We're going to take your calls. Uh, Justin, E. Frank, hang tight. Uh, we'll get to you. Also, like I said, we've got both Seth Greenberg, who just confirmed with me, and Dallin Cuff. You see them all over our ESPN airwaves, talking all things college basketball, joining us in the next hour uh, between 10 and 11. So uh, curious to get their thoughts on what happened yesterday and how that potentially uh, could be stopped. Uh, we'll get, we'll get your calls next. 800-919-3776. Anita Marks with you. 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. I'm more concerned about the, the well-being of our guys. You know, Flip sprains his ankle. When are we going to ban court storm? Like, when are we going to ban that? Like, how many times does a player have to get into something where they get punched or they get pushed or they get taunted right in their face? And it, it's a dangerous thing. You look around the country and Caitlin Clark, something happens. And now Flip, I don't know what his status is going to be. He sprains his ankle. And it's one thing, like, when I played, at least it was 10 seconds in the court, you know, you would storm the court. Now it's the buzzer doesn't even go off and they're they're running on the floor and this has happened to us a bunch this year it's part of it we need to be better we need to learn from this that needs to stop uh it's duke head coach uh talking about you know obviously what happened last night and uh and and how it needs to stop 800-919-3776 let's go to justin in tom's river justin welcome in good morning Hey, good morning, Anita. Thank you for taking my phone call, as always. You know, I really wanted to get in with this story, uh, story, you know, the court storming conversation. You know, these universities, I mean, they really should be ashamed. I get it. Anita, I was at the Rutgers-Louisville game when we stormed the field. It, it's, it's part of tradition. But these colleges need to stop it, let the players get off the floor, and then let them storm the court at this point. I mean, the first thing I – and when you were talking about Filipowski, the first thing I thought of was LeGarrette Blunt. I thought he was going to punch the kid out. And, and to be honest with you, when it's you versus them at that point, you want to just get the hell out of there. 
it, it, it's man versus man at that point. So, I mean, like, not only do you got to protect the players, you got to protect the patrons because then you can have a malice in the palace. You don't want that. So these colleges definitely have the money to put security, police on the court. And I know it's a lot tougher because the fans are right there on the court. Nobody's really talking about that. In college, at least in football, you have the sidelines, you have a little bit more room. And, and college basketball, you have absolutely no room. The fans are right there on the court. But they should – honestly, these colleges need to have police there, especially like you're saying, a top 25 game, a rivalry game, especially getting down the wire. Have police, have security there. Let let them do the handshake and let them get off the court, then let the fans storm the court. I mean, I think it's a very easy solution. I mean, I know everything's not so easy, but, I mean, it, it seems pretty simple to me to how to at least calm it down. Here's the thing. Justin, I appreciate your comments uh, and, and your call but it's all about the moment. And again, I, I'm not supporting court storming. But when you say like, okay, let the players have an opportunity to get off the court. It's, it's, it's all about the moment. It's the second the buzzer goes off and it's just like mass hysteria. Ah! You know, for the buzzer goes off and then all of a sudden, okay, everybody wait, wait. Don't storm yet. Don't storm yet. Okay, go. You guys can go now. It, it it takes away from it. It's it's it it becomes inorganic, not organic. You know, it's like telling somebody else. It's like telling somebody to tell you they love you. Tell me you love me. I love you. It's not the same. Am I am I right or wrong here, Tom? You're not wrong. I mean, like. Again, there's no right way of going about this. Just give the players time to get off the court. People will wait to celebrate. It's not going to take away from the moment because you're still going to be amped. You're going to be hyped. And then you get to celebrate with everybody. It's it's like at a concert or like if you're waiting for like the beat to drop or something like that. It's like a slow part of the song. And then once it gets to like the the, uh, refrain or something like that, then everybody goes crazy. You just got to wait a little bit. Just be a little bit patient and then you can go... Buck wild if you want to. That's all. Let's go to E. Frank, calling in from Astoria. Welcome in. Good morning. Yes, uh, good morning, Anita. Uh, Yeah, I don't really like those things that go on in certain sports venues. You know, but there are procedural ways of dealing with it. I've seen this a lot at MetLife Stadium uh, with uh, New York Jet games. Uh, They have contingencies like... uh, the Independent Security Center, New, New Jersey State Troopers, Stadium Security, uh, and they basically have a rotation of contingency, which what that is is that depending on the level of, uh, of, of hoarding or harassment that might come from the fans or the situation, they rotate a contingency of securing the fans and the players, and that's what they should do at NCAA games. Uh, I know what you just said. That's the moment. It's the euphoria. Uh, and there's no such thing at this time in the NCAA of stopping at, once the buzzer goes off and there's a championship game and the, the, the players and the fans might come out on the court. But there are procedural ways of dealing with this. In the NBA, they have uh, uh, referees, that, uh, game officials, in other words, that do instant replay. They have to stop the game immediately and review a, a call. So that's what they should look into in the NCAA, finding a way to advise the fans and the players that they should not obstruct uh, the uh, venue.
venue of the game by uh, celebrating in that fashion. Even though it's the last goal, I said it's traditional for all these teams for decades to uh, celebrate their traditions vividly with emotion. But there has to be a procedural way of stopping something like this that might create harm to a player or to the fans themselves. I hear you. I hear you. 